0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, we're at episode 481. Now this episode is going to look a little bit different uh, from usual. To those who are um, catching uh, the live stream, there is—I'm uh, not sitting in a room with producer and anybody else to help me today, and we are doing a little bit of a technology test. So thank you to any of those who are watching the live stream, and thanks you to uh, everybody else uh, who's listening into the usual audio podcast. Well, without further ado, let's jump uh, straight in, and I would like to introduce our guest. For this show, who is Jeff Thorne? Now, um, Jeff, maybe you can uh, fill our audience in on uh, where you fit into this big wide world of uh, technology and telecommunications in New Zealand.
1: Sure. Well, I'm the CEO of the uh, Telecommunications Forum, and that's the industry body that looks after the self regulatory codes and the work that the industry does. So I'm involved with bringing the industry together to resolve industry-wide issues, processes, um, things like the emergency calling code, where the industry agrees how we will deal with uh, emergency calls and how they'll be prioritised. But we also provide a range of consumer services. So we provide advice on our website. Uh, we run the recycling program for mobile phones. Uh, we manage the uh, the interoperability of the, the companies, the, the porting data and IPMS which is the, uh, the porting number database that the companies use. So it's basically some services to consumers in the industry and bringing the industry together to develop industry codes for the way that uh, they interact with each other.
0: Well, that's excellent, and uh, of course, now with uh, being in this time of of COVID nineteen, um, you know, you're, you're playing quite an important uh, role there in terms of you know really um, ensuring everybody's on the on the same page, and uh, I, I think uh, you know sharing a fair chunk of advice as well uh, online. So uh, it's great, great to uh, great to have you on the show, Jeff.
1: Thanks, Paul. It's um, right at the moment what we're doing is acting as that link between the industry and the government particularly some of the uh, government departments making sure that we can provide all the data that they need the prioritisation making sure that uh, the government priorities have been fed through to the industry and likewise back again to the government so it's it's quite an important role we're quite a small team but uh, we've got a lot of support from the industry for what we're doing at the moment
0: that's fantastic well let's uh, let's dive in now first up i would like to uh, to thank our uh, show partners and it's really because of their their support that we're going to be able to uh, you know keep going, especially uh, through this time. And um, you know we've got a fair bit of content lined up over the next few days uh, and weeks ahead, and we'll be, we'll be talking to people from really right across the industry. Uh, but but certainly uh, over the next few days, uh, a fair bit with um, with the leaders from the um, the telecommunications and and the tech world to uh, to really draw in on on their advice and experience. Uh, experiences to date. Um, but yeah, big thank you to our partners, Sumo Logic, Vodafone New Zealand, Spark, Vocus, HP and Samsung. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's them that's keeping the show running. So uh, thank you to our partners. Now, um, before we sort of dive in to, to uh, talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19 and, um, and really its impact and some of the considerations that we should be uh, having... There were a couple of other things uh, that I wanted to uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, Apple have announced their new iPad uh, Pro tablets. Uh, for, for one of a better word, because I guess these are the, uh, the iPad Pro uh, is very much com- becoming this uh, converged device in, in some ways, uh, maybe a, a, a long way from, uh, from what the iPad was first sort of dreamed of uh, as. And uh, of course, in the most recent um, software that we saw where, where Apple moved to uh, iPad OS, uh, we saw the introduction of uh, you know support for a mouse, and uh, now we have uh, Apple, I guess, making the iPad Pro, uh, as their advertising says, um, you know, a computer and and a, a bit more of a, a traditional sense. So uh, you know you will you will be able to use your iPad uh, with this uh, this new uh, keyboard that's coming for it, that will um, you know basically turn the iPad Pro. Uh, into a laptop of sorts, of course it is running a mobile operating system so there are some uh, some limitations there, but by uh, by having this new uh, keyboard which has a trackpad on it, and of course you've got the stylus as well. Um, there are certainly shades of the the early uh, tablets that uh, that came out from uh, from Microsoft all those years ago. It must be going about t- back about uh, you know 20 years when uh, uh, when, when we saw uh, Microsoft sort of entering. Uh, entering that uh, that tablet world, and of course, it, did, it didn't sort of work out too well. And really, until uh, recent years, Jeff, um, what sort of devices do you use? Has this uh, caught your attention at all? What Apple are doing with their uh, the iPad uh, Pro and, and and making it uh, more that sort of crossover device between a, a tablet and a and a laptop.
1: I only keep loosely in touch with what's happening in the tech world. I, I sort of look at products that are coming through every now and again, but when uh, I, mean, I use uh, a Lenovo laptop, which folds back and looks like a uh, tablet, so it's uh, it's a tablet and, uh, and a laptop, so I'm using sort of both of those facilities.
0: The Yoga, um, I, I imagine, is it? Yes, it is, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It's, uh, it's very versatile. I, I use OneNote a lot, um, and I find that the ability to just flick stuff in there and then find it again easily is uh, is very useful. So everything sort of links in towards that. Yeah. So I, no, I don't I don't use the Apple. I have used Apple in the past, but I found the uh, the closed system very frustrating. Right.
0: Right. All right, now um, I, I guess you know most of the most of the other things we're going to talk about. Um, actually, there, there's another uh, topic that's uh, that that's down the uh, uh, the Apple front that we'll we'll mention first. Um, last week I got some communications from uh, from Apple, and they've they're launching an update for uh, for their uh, Watch Four and Watch Five, or, or series um, four and five. Uh, watches and they're enabling the electrocardi- card- goodness me, electrocardiogram or, uh, or ECG which uh, of course is a, a medical test that helps um, um, look for abnormalities and revealing uh, whether a wearer for instance has an irregular uh, heart rhythm and we'd heard about this uh, coming to the US um, but Apple weren't comfortable sort of launching that uh, globally but that has uh, has now arrived so I've just got that on um, Apple Watch today actually that that, uh, that installed I think I got an alert yesterday and it's come out. Um, on another episode I will talk about the um, the new uh, Withings uh, Activity Watch with ECG monitor. Uh, that one's just just arrived in today, so uh, it's it's not only Apple that are doing the um, the the ECG monitoring, uh, but for those who are uh, in the Apple ecosystem, uh, I'm I'm sure they're they're quite happy to uh, to have that uh, offered to them uh, via an update. All right, now uh, let's let's jump into. Uh, talking a, a a little bit more around what's happening with um with COVID nineteen now, uh, Jeff, I, I imagine you're um you're you're across uh, what our ISPs are uh, are doing and our telcos are doing in terms of um, last week on the show actually, um, I made a comment that it would be it'd be really great um, if it's if it's at all practical for our. Um, Um, internet providers to do something similar to what we were seeing uh, in the US with uh, removal of, uh, of data caps and uh, yeah, pleasing to see that that was uh, that was enacted uh, fairly quickly soon after. So I'll take all the credit for that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but, really,
1: really stepped up to that. Yeah,
0: no, very, very, very pleasing to see that. Um, you look, you know, I guess across the industry, there's been um, a real effort made to uh, you know ensure that people are going to be able to uh, successfully work from home um, with, without. Uh, you know challenges of uh, of data caps getting in the way and of course um, so yeah I, I think uh, you know we've obviously um, yeah been been pretty pleased about that and uh, you know chorus most recently has also sort of stepped in from a from a wholesale um, perspective uh, can you share a little bit about what's what sort of happened there and um, you know your um, you know your um, uh, knowledge of what what's uh, what's going on, and uh, you know how much of a challenge is it for the you know telcos to adjust things like this at the drop of a hat.
1: Well, it's been a bit of a challenge, Paul. I mean, the industry's made huge investment over the last few years, and you know when you look at things like the Rugby World Cup, and the industry stepped up collectively there to make sure that the right investments were being made to ensure that there was plenty of capacity. So there's a lot of investment there. There was um, capacity added. And then when we get to this year and the COVID-19, again, each company has uh, looked at it. They're all Kiwis. They're run by Kiwis. So they're uh, they're quite keen to support New Zealanders as we go through this. So the caps came off very quickly. There's also been a few other um, initiatives. I think some of them have dropped late payment fees. Um, they've indicated they won't disconnect people if uh, payments are late. So they really are supporting uh, New Zealanders. And we're working closely with the Ministry of Education on closing gaps in connectivity for students when if they've got to work from home. So there's been a lot of effort by the industry. I think they've really stepped up.
0: Yeah, that's re- that's really pleasing, and um, yeah, that's certainly another aspect is um, you know how education uh, can continues, and you know I think um, in in the case of some schools they're, they're starting their school holidays uh, immediately so that they can get prepped to deliver the online uh, you know courses and uh, and learning, which you know makes uh, certainly make makes some sense because it's going to take uh, a little while to uh, to actually get into the position where they're really uh, ready to go, I imagine.
1: Yeah, there's quite a lot of work uh, just identifying what the gaps are, what the priorities are, what connections we can actually provide. Um, And some of the areas are actually quite a long way from, certainly a long way from fibre networks. Um, So it's a question of what copper networks have we got, what, what fixed wireless can be provided. What stock have the retailers got so that they can actually provide uh, hardware into the homes to support that? So there's a lot of work happening at the moment to bring all of that together. And that's part of the work that I'm involved with at the moment.
0: Oh, that's, that's yeah, that is really pleasing. And I imagine not, you know, not too easy uh, logistically trying to juggle this while uh, so many people are trying to, you know, get uh, fully Operational uh, and productive in their homes. Now, look for you know for for a lot, especially those uh, that would be listening to this show. You know, many of you will be already you know geared up and uh, able to operate at a pretty reasonable uh, level. But of course, there is there are some challenges when we try to do this stuff on mass, whether it's as. Um, you know, from a work perspective or from an education perspective uh, there there are you know just realities of things that need to be addressed and I think we've seen uh, retail stores selling out of desks and, and chairs for people to set up their home offices uh, so there are some of those very obvious things but of course there's lots that really go, is going on behind the scenes uh, from that perspective of uh, telecommunications providers uh, and and the I guess the IT sector, uh, in general, and uh, you know, I saw somebody sharing sharing on Facebook around their uh, uh, their current workload compared to a, a normal day, and uh, I think they had about three times as as much on their on their plate as as was normal in terms of uh, you know dealing with some uh, IT support type type requests. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be a, a a very busy time uh, mm-hmm. at, at least uh, initially. And um, you know, then, then from there, um, look, it, it's uh, it's it's hard to know exactly how it's going to uh, play out. I I imagine, um, but you know, really, it's these uh, these these couple of days until we until we get uh, through to, to where everyone is is kind of under uh, under that four week lockdown. Now, um, I guess other other aspects that we um, that we need to be uh, thinking about as far as uh, COVID-19 is, is concerned, um, now one of them is on the, uh, the cybersecurity front and last week you know, I talked about uh, you know, the cautiousness that we need to uh, have ourselves and, and encourage uh, with those that are maybe a little bit less uh, technically uh, inclined. And I mentioned uh, text, a series of text message messages I'd been getting from uh, from Ryman Ryman Healthcare, and I was just using that as a little bit of an example. Um, but I, you know, pointed out that um, the way their text messages were coming through, it wasn't clear that they were from Ryman Health, and they were using URLs. Um, or you know website addresses that were um, obfuscated, so it, w- it wasn't uh, actually clear that clicking those links was going to take you to uh, to Ryman Health. Uh, we're very pleased to say that um, you know shortly after that podcast was epi- uh, episode was published um that that they've picked up on on that after you know quite a series of, of text messages uh, following that format and they're now being very clear uh, right at the top of each message and saying that it's from Ryman Healthcare um, and they're, they're giving a link to I think it's rymanhealthcare.co.nz healthcare. dot co. Nz so yeah just really pleasing to see that uh yeah you know, everyone's working together uh everyone's trying to do their their part um, to to step things up but you know I think it will will remain that there, there is a considerable risk around cyber security uh, during this time and so yeah we would really encourage those of our our listeners that are, are clued up on the things to look out for to um, you know do educate your friends and family um, in the last week since since the last episode, I've had uh, probably four maybe five phone calls that have been from a uh, couple of different African um, countries, uh, one of them, the number when it came up on my phone looked a little bit like it was a local call, it looked like it was an 021 uh, number that was calling me uh, but if you, I looked a little bit closer, I saw it was 0021. Uh, and so you know, it's, it's just part of the the many scams that go on. I guess in that case, they're uh, hoping that I would see it, maybe see a missed call, or if I answered it, uh, then they would hang up the call and hope maybe I would call them back, uh, and and you know, generating some um, some, some call revenue. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on on this, Jeff? How uh, how hard is it for uh, our telecommunications providers to, uh, you know, deal with these types of uh, scenarios? Because of course, the the scam calls are mixed up with legitimate calls, and we need to be able to you know make and receive calls to uh, to all parts of the world. Yeah, it's a real
1: challenge, Paul. We've um, put together a code. Actually, it was an, a informal process across the industry for people in each company to to, uh, compare notes and exchange information about scams. But what we've done now is we've actually formalized that process so that we can plug information in and it goes across the industry much faster and allows us to block those calls off. But what we've also done is we've engaged with uh, a whole pile of third parties. So we've got DIA, um, the Commission for Financial Capability, um, CERT, NetSafe, and some of the banks actually signed up to the same process so that as they get information about scams from their customers and we can identify the numbers, we can actually plug that directly into the industry and we can block those calls. So it's a, it's a real issue, but we're doing quite a lot to actually try and stop it. It's... Um, it, it's a real challenge, and these things keep bouncing back. It's like uh, whack-a-mole, where you just yeah. block a number, and then they come straight back in, and, and another spoofed number.
0: Sure, sure. Now, the other thing that, that's um, that, that's been on my mind uh, from a cybersecurity perspective uh, is this uh, challenge that we have. We've moved to a world where multi-factor authentication is is really needed to keep accounts secure. Um but we've started uh, in New Zealand seeing uh, porting of numbers uh, in an illegitimate manner or or, or so I've heard. Um, you' probably be a bit uh, a bit closer uh, to this, but I, you know, I was thinking through the process of uh, of porting a number because, um, with the new new Apple Watch, if you're on the Spark network, uh, then you can uh, you can uh, basically add a add an eSIM to it and uh, and have your number uh, shared across a, a primary handset uh, and the Apple Watch. And, and Spark's the only one that does that at the moment. I know it's coming to Vodafone uh, as, as well. I think mid year was was the last uh, comment from them. But I was pretty keen to try it out, so I was thinking of porting my number. Now, in the in the current climate and just how busy um, I imagine that everyone uh, is at uh, at our telcos, I'm I'm not sure whether I should uh, sit back and wait. But it it um, you know I guess reminded me that uh, it's not that hard to port a number. And when we think about moving a domain name from uh, say one provider to another, uh, you not only need to know uh, the domain name, but you also get issued. Uh, with this, with a little key, and in New Zealand we call it a UDI uh, code, uh, but it's in addition to having, uh, you know, a few other bits and pieces of information to uh, to transfer a domain over, and and yeah, I guess it got me to thinking: should we have? I guess a, a second factor or another um you know another check when it comes to uh porting numbers um you know I, I guess the the ease of being able to port numbers in New Zealand has been you know hugely beneficial uh from a competition perspective in recent years It means it is very easy to move from one telco to another um but as we've seen certainly internationally there is uh um, I guess an increasing risk because all you sort of need to know, if I remember correctly, uh, is the number that you want to port, and um, I think it's the the account number of the provider um, that it's with currently, and and the name of the provider. Have I got that roughly about right there, Jeff?
1: Uh- Pretty close. I mean, it, you're right in the respect that porting in New Zealand is very easy and it's been made deliberately. So, there's um, there's a range of regulations in place from the Commerce Commission that the industry has to adhere to and the industry manages the porting process and all of that is intended to make it as easy as possible uh, for the consumer to do that. But what you're raising is a very valid point and that is that it also makes it easier for fraudsters to actually port numbers to get access to the two-factor authentication. So we're trying to close that down as much as possible. Um, If you do a SIM swap, which is um, putting a new SIM into a phone and getting the number transferred to the new phone and it's within the provider, uh, we've got steps in place that the retailers uh, work through now to uh, try and make sure that the identity is, uh, is appropriate. And we're also looking at some technical solutions for porting where the system itself will generate a text to the number to say this number is about to be ported. If it's you, then press yes. Um, And all of that's intended to try and make sure that it's the actual owner of the phone and the number that's porting the number onto another device.
0: Oh that's fantastic to hear um that as i mean that that confirmation uh, via text message just as a as an extra layer uh, that's yeah that's really encouraging too so um oh great great to hear that you're already uh, across that and uh and
1: and working on it jeff fantastic we're not quite there, but um we're hoping to get it in place there are some there are some fish hooks in there, but we're doing what we can to get through that yep
0: yep oh well done well done now um On to what else we got? I'm I'm keen to hear from you how um, uh, how our infrastructure is uh, is generally holding up in New Zealand. I I discussed it, uh, um, you know, a short interview on uh, on TV3 this morning around my feelings, which is uh, you know very much that we have you know absolutely world world class. Broadband infrastructure here in New Zealand, and uh, you know, I guess that's the um, uh, the result of a you know a, d- a decade or, or more of uh, of investment uh, in the ultrafast broadband initiative, uh, and or the ultrafast broadband and in the uh, rural broadband initiative, um, and then the. Um, uh, UFB two and so on. So you know those things have been expanded out, and it seems to leave us in a in a pretty good, uh, pretty good state. Certainly for those that are on um, you know on on um, fixed uh, connections um, and and or fibre. Um, you know I guess we, we maybe see some um, um, you know, challenges with uh, with mobile networks, and we saw a bit of a challenge yesterday with uh, an extreme amount of call. Uh, Calling, uh, maybe knocking, knocking, um, uh, causing a bit of a knock-on effect with um, uh, phone calls, and uh, that was actually quite un- unprecedented in that we had uh, um, telcos uh, encouraging the, the use of um, uh, you know voice over internet uh, type uh, type calling, uh, which of course, in you know, in years gone by. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was a traditional calling that was always sort of the the gold standard. So, um, you know that that was that was interesting, but I think it just highlighted how uh, how good our internet uh, infrastructure uh, is.
1: Yeah, I'd certainly agree with that, Paul. It's uh, it's pretty good. There's a lot of spare capacity in the uh, fixed line network, but that's not to say that it won't slow down from time to time as congestion does hit one or two particular spots. Um, There were some problems yesterday and a little bit, I think, this morning uh, with calling with the voice network. But I think if you look at what's been happening over the last few years, I mean, voice calling has been gradually going down. We tend to communicate now through the same way you and I are right now, which is using Skype or other video conferencing over the top tools um, or social messaging and other apps. So the demand for data has increased exponentially over the last few years, voice calling has been on a downward trend. And then when you have something like the announcements that were made yesterday, um, I think people just pick up the phone and start making calls. I know my phone's been going crazy over the last two days and I'm talking to a lot more people. And part of what's driving that is the fact that I need to get answers and I need action on certain things or other people need action quickly, and they don't want to wait for an email to land and then for me to get around to it. So that that demand has been um, been huge. <clears throat> the network is pretty good, and it certainly stands up to normal use and will stand up, I think, to uh, people working from home. But uh, the desire over the last couple of days for people to talk to other people has, uh, has, has created a, a range of congestion problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Look, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's encouraging how well our, um, as you say, over-the-top type, uh, type services and voice and, and video over the internet uh, type services now work. I guess the, um, the challenge we have with those is that there just are so many of them. And so that's why people probably, you know, we all fell back to doing uh, standard uh, phone calls because there isn't sort of a default go-to yet uh, that we use to, uh, to to contact everybody. And of course, you know, we do we do have a you know a great range of tools. And you know, I think the the, the last uh, the last week or so has probably been pretty interesting in terms of. Uh, internet usage stats, and um, you know, I don't I don't know um, what all of those look like at the moment. But we'll certainly be chatting to um, some of the telcos over over uh, the next few days with some extra episodes, and and uh, you know trying to get their their feedback. I'm not sure if you've got any visibility uh, on those those numbers at all, Jeff. But uh, you know, for me, when uh, when I'm having a team meeting in the in the morning with uh, with my team, and you know, we've got uh, um, you know, maybe a dozen people connected on online. You know, ten to twelve people connected over a video call. Uh, that's uh, that's quite a bit of bandwidth when you uh, you know when you look at uh, look at that, and uh, and it's sort of happening all at once. And, and I think for uh, you know probably hundreds of thousands of people around the country uh, each morning for those sort of uh, you know team team meetings and, and gatherings.
1: Yeah, I think the network's standing up to that pretty well. Um, As I said, it was mostly the uh, the voice network yesterday that was a problem, and it was largely in the interconnections between the companies, and I'm seeing a range of numbers from the companies about traffic volumes. Um, In some cases, we're seeing quite high peaks um, during the day, which we don't normally see. In other cases, um, some of the operators are saying that they're saying that they're not seeing as much traffic as they saw during the Rugby world cup so it's it's not really clear just yet exactly where we're heading to. Certainly there's an increased demand um, but the the data network is certainly holding up really well. Uh, the voice network I think will gradually get back into a new new norm but at the moment there's, there's a reasonable amount of capacity there it's just the demand over the last two days has been unprecedented in terms of the nature of what's going on and the reaction that people had.
0: Yeah. And look, I think it's uh you know, it's it's really pleasing actually uh that we had the rugby the Rugby World Cup uh, you know, being a, a streaming service because what that meant was uh you know, all all of our internet service providers put in this uh, this huge effort to ensure uh, that there was network capacity for that and of course that's actually left us uh, in a really good state for for the current time uh, now as we start moving into this 5g uh, world I think uh, you know also I'm I'm um, you know I'm encouraged that uh, that we are going in that direction because you know in in scenarios like this we need, as much bandwidth as possible uh, to people, regardless of how they're connecting. Uh, so you know, being able to get that those uh, better amounts of performance, or having uh, you know a, a higher density of people connected off uh, off cell sites. Uh, you know, it's it's exactly these uh, these sorts of times, and not that we we uh, we hope that this will continue for too long, or that it will uh, it'll uh, occur again. Um, but it, but it is uh, you know one of those scenarios where we're really taking advantage of you know previous investments that were put in uh, to to deliver 4G uh, across the country and, and to deliver uh, the ultrafast broadband. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty pleasing. Now, um, are there any other sort of insights and, and things that you've been across that you would uh, you would like to share on um, you know things that the telecommunications forum has, has been involved in? under your under your watch
1: um, I think one of the key things is providing advice to consumers about what they do with the home network so what you've been talking about Paul I certainly agree with uh, there's been a lot of investment in the telecommunications networks over the last few years and the industry's really stepped up to that but I, where it falls down a little bit I think is in the home network where people get uh, a connection they put the Wi-Fi at one end of the house and then they go and try and work from home and they're at the other end of the house so we've just uh, released some stuff which we put on our website an infographic which has got some very basic information about how to actually improve that it. so it's got common sense things like you know show your wi-fi a little bit of love and just move closer to it yeah um, yep. if you can plug plug stuff into it if you can plug your tv and your laptop um, your gaming console, if you can plug those in, your Wi-Fi is going to be faster because it frees up the radio signal for the rest of the house. Um, and put extenders into the house. So if you're going to work from the far end of the house while the kid's uh, streaming Netflix, put an extender in between you and the, uh, the Wi-Fi. So there's, there's some information on our website that we've just put up. As I said, it's basic, but it's, it's things that people just don't think about, but it will improve the, uh, the home network service.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Well, um yeah, I'm just having having a having a quick uh uh quick look now and uh yeah, I'm seeing you yeah, exactly exactly that how to get the uh, the best from your your home network. And look, yeah, the, these are uh, things that are often aren't uh, aren't communicated uh too well. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly helpful that, um, that that's something that uh, uh the New Zealand Telecommunications Forum has, has, has picked up, so uh well done. That's uh, that that's great.
1: Good.
0: All right. Now, uh just having a look at what else we've got. Uh we've got there on our on our uh list. I think we've actually we've covered off most of the uh the bits and pieces. We were also ha- hoping to um have one of the team from Unitech join us in relation to the course that they've been running. Their cyber security course, uh, which you know, I was I was pretty pleased to hear about them establishing this course. But unfortunately, with what's uh, gone on with COVID nineteen, they are absolutely flat stick getting that course into a position so that they can run it remotely over the weeks weeks ahead and convert that to uh, to be available for online learning from next week. So, totally uh, understand why that's been uh, been a bit of a challenge for. Uh, for them today, but we'll uh, we'll we'll look forward to uh, engaging with them in the in the future, on that one, and you know gaining a little bit of understanding on, on how that that's going. But you know, I mean, certainly we do have that challenge in New Zealand in that competing with the rest of the world for uh, for talent. And that there probably hasn't been uh, hasn't been enough training when it comes to uh, you know helping people become experts in uh, in cybersecurity. So uh, I think that's going to be uh, going to be a really uh, valuable course in the future. Um, and yeah, I guess we you know finish up with with just that you know reminder to be really thinking through the things that might put your organisation at risk from a cybersecurity perspective during this time. What can uh, what can you do to uh, to educate your uh, your people? Uh, and you know we we do have challenges. Not everybody has a. Um you know, a company-provided uh, laptop or or device that's managed and kept patched and secure, and you know, locked down in in, a, in appropriate ways, so they they're not operating with admin access and all those sort of things that that often uh, home home computers are. Um, so, yeah, if you've got uh, people that are having to access uh, work things through a web browser or or what have you, um, definitely would would be encouraging. Uh, you know, anyone that's in that in that position um, to be. You know, sharing appropriate uh, advice and and tips um, out there. Uh, you know, if you, if your team hasn't been uh, hasn't been well well trained uh, to date. All right. Well, um, that's us for this episode. Now, um, Jeff, just um, just back to you. What's the best way for people to uh, to keep in touch with um, with what uh, TCF, or Telecommunications Forum? is up to? Is that, uh, is that through your website or are there social media channels they should be looking at? Where, do, where are the best places?
1: Uh, probably through our website, Paul. We, um, we put updates on there about what we're doing and all the information that we've got about our codes and consumer services is all on our website. It's probably the best place to keep in touch with what we're doing.
0: Yep, yep, okay. That's good. Well, so that's at tcf.org.nz. org. dot nz. Also, there there is, of course, the official government website uh, covid nineteen. gov. dot nz to keep up to date with with things at a at a high level. Uh, we have other information in there from uh, Ministry of. Um, uh, or MBIE, um, their website has information as well as uh, Ministry Ministry of Health. Uh, so there, there's you know some some pretty good official resources online already, and have come together. I've got to say, um, you know, pretty smartly. So you know it's pleasing to see those resources online, and also. Um, the 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 telcos and um i you know i think if you have a have a look um especially our, our show partners will call him out for uh, you know for doing a a great job uh you know sharing sharing what they're they're up to and what you need to know um so each of the each of them if you go to their websites has got information um as far as um you know covid-19 is um um, is involved and um, and you know fair, fair few comments and we will be engaging with um, um, with as many of our our show partners over over the next uh, few days to to really see what we can learn from them how are they running their organisations remotely uh, how do you handle uh, trying to in some cases lead a really big team uh, without being able to interact with them in person. Uh, and you know, really, what are what are the things that are working, and, and uh, what's not? Uh, but you know, pleasing to see that you know, I think most of the country has has moved pretty smartly uh, into working uh, remotely without uh, without too much drama. And I think you know that's a, a testament uh, to you know an, an incredible workforce that we have here in New Zealand. Uh, you know, both from the technology perspective and the telecommunications perspective, that have really helped uh, you know pull these things together very quickly. Um, So thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, This has been the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, As I say, we will be back with more content uh probably ahead of, uh, ahead of next Tuesday when, when a normal episode would be. Uh, and we do have some other extra uh, special episodes that we will be, uh, we will be sharing over the coming weeks as well. Uh, so some um, episodes that we've, we've recorded recently. There's, uh, there's a drones one and, and some other ones coming up. So um, yeah, thanks everyone, and don't forget to look out for us now uh, on across multiple social media channels. Uh, so this episode has actually been streamed, uh, I believe, onto, uh, onto YouTube, New Zealand Tech Podcast on there. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and you can also track us down on LinkedIn now. So, um, you know, a bit of an expanded uh, locations that you can reach us. And if you've got questions or concerns, things that you're tackling or things that you've learned, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, feel free to uh, to get in touch. You can reach me directly. Paul.Spain at GorillaHQ.com. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you later. And thanks, Jeff, for being on the show. It's, uh, it's, it's been really great to have you joining us.
1: Thanks, Paul. been uh, my pleasure.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Cheers. The
0: New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, Proactive and Strategic IT.